You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, covering down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, we are solid conservative and just plain right. Well, I'm I'm still in number one of the Triple Dipper. I'm calling it the state of disunion. And, uh, you know, I already had one text from Brian from Huntsville. Is it disunion or debt union? No, it's disunion. It's like 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 we're not unioned, unionized. Um but uh, I'm going to bring on a friend right now, Stephanie Smith, one of our frequent flyers here on the show. Stephanie has been on multiple times, even guest hosted for me, with a long history of working in and out of uh, state politics and legislative affairs and governmental affairs for big corporations and governmental entities. She is now still still fresh, still, still brand spanking new, the president of the Alabama Policy Institute. Stephanie Smith, how you doing? I'm doing great, Phil. Well, good, good, good. Um, I like the state of disunion. I think that that is that is a little bit more accurate than the state of the union. I totally agree. I know it's more accurate than his state of the union. That's for sure. Um, I tweeted yesterday before he said anything. The state of the union is inflated. I saw that actually. I think I hit <laughs> like on that one. Um, <laughs> Hey, I, I, so you. I think that's the best descriptor. You, you you watched most of it. I know we we were talking briefly off the air. So you 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 did get to see at least elements of the evening, correct? Yes, and it was interesting because there was more. I don't know if the House Republicans felt empowered or, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly what their temperature was, but there was a lot more back and forth. Yes. Um, than I anticipated. It sounded more like the House of Commons in London. I mean, it's it, it just it just all the harumphs and the boos and the yays. I mean, it, 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 it yeah, was, and I know that turns some people off, but I guess maybe I'm just, you know, a political junkie. I love that stuff. That stuff. I mean, it, it's like pure entertainment for me. For me, I thought what was funny too was I, I, you know, I, I, he looked like he was taken aback by it a few times. Like he couldn't believe that was happening. I thought he's probably thinking, I spent 40 years in this chamber. This is not the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> but, <laughs> this is not how he dreamt of it. No. Hey, I got to ask you before we get into substance, though. Did you see the weird kiss between First Lady Jill Biden and uh, first husband? Uh, what's his I name? Did. I mean, that I did, did that just strike you as weird? It was very strange. It was one of those things that, in other circumstances, I would think, um, you know, husbands and wives would would want an explanation uh, <laughs> there as far as exactly exactly why the level of familiarity was there, especially in a public place, if, if, even if the familiarity uh, was there in a private place. But yeah, that was bizarre. And it, and the interesting thing about it to me is, you know, I love to watch you know, people's dynamics. Neither one of them seemed very surprised by it. Meaning no, no. if somebody had just walked in and kissed me on the lips that, you know, was the spouse of a coworker, that, you know, there'd be just kind of the visceral recoil, right? Yeah. Of like, oh, or like, uh, oh, like, oh, what's happening here? Like, wow. And there was none of that. No. It, 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 it looked very natural, I will say. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, that was can, a strange moment. You can imagine the accidental where you're each trying to kiss a cheek and you missed in the middle. But right, you know what? Right. That didn't you look like a miss in the middle. Or... 
Yeah. It didn't, and it also looked like they were both good with it. Well, <laughs> so well, that okay. was really strange. All right, now that we've done the so uh, strange opener. Now that we've done the National Enquirer version of reviewing the State of the <laughs> Union, um, let's let's talk about the uh, the more the substantive. So so what? Any, any takeaways? I mean, like I. I couldn't help but think that number one, he was caught off guard by the fact that, like you said, that there was there was a lot of harumphing in the audience. Um, but right. then uh, he had a moment there where he seemed like he was betraying his own green energy policies by saying we're going to need oil and gas for a while longer. That was an odd mm-hmm. moment. What else did you see? Anything stand out to you? Yeah, the other things that I, I mean, you, you know, you kind of expect the the rose-colored glasses, right? I mean, you're you're the president, you're standing in front of the American people. Very rarely do they walk into that chamber and tell the absolute truth of you know the the situation. I mean, we call it the State of the Union, but really it's it's what they want the State of the Union to be, not what's the actual State of the Union. Yeah. But I think this was an even rosier um, rendition of the State of the Union than normal, which that, that's interesting to me for it, it twofold. One is that I think that that's an indicator that he's feeling vulnerable from within his own party. Mm. And then secondarily, I think um, that there's a chance that and, and I think that plays into what you were just talking about, about him being surprised that anybody disagreed with him. I think he's surrounded by people who are telling him things that may or may not be accurate, and he's he's not in the meat um, of of the policy issues on a day to day basis. And so, my sense is that he was surprised anybody disagreed, you know, with his talking points because why would they? They're they're correct. I don't think that it was one of those moments of an elected official walking in knowing that they're kind of you know. Um, edging along the edges of truth. I think he really believed what he said was true, and he was surprised anybody did. Isn't that something? And uh, and there was one other moment, too, where I felt like he was totally clueless when he talked about fentanyl. I don't know if you caught that part right. or not, if you saw that one, but he, yes. he literally yeah. began to talk about fentanyl and said, we've got to do something. We need to go ahead and take some action. And I thought, and, and, yeah. you, and, you, and you saw people begin to yell, I mean, at the like border, a- you know? Yes. That, that sounded like a Republican talking point. I mean, we've been hearing for weeks um, since the, since the new Congress was seated. That's been a lot of the Republican talking point. But um, I kept been, thinking, does know, he even realize border, his own policies are at the border? Yeah, I'm sorry. I interrupted you there. Go ahead. No, no, that's OK. I, I think we're just vehemently agreeing with each other. <laughs> but the um, yeah, but I think it's one of those. Uh, yeah, maybe he doesn't understand or make the connection between Sentinel and the border, but. That seems pretty elementary. Yes. Um, and so I'm not sure why that was surprising to him. Maybe, you know, his his little you know photo op down at the border in front of the wall he said he never believed in after he said he believed in it, after he said he didn't believe in it. You know, he thought, well, this seems good to me. You know, I, I, I really don't know. The, on the border issue specifically, I think that there's a real disconnect there. Yeah. I think it's intentional, not specifically by him, but I think that's an intentional disconnect um, between, you know, Democrats and, and the American people. Because the border, it, we shouldn't even be using the term border because there really is no demarcation zone. No. I mean, there are portions of it that have some level of security, but we basically have no border. You have a you have a, a, a notional place on the ground where on one side you don't get Social Security benefits and on the other side you do. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's uh, right. Well, that was the other kind of big booing moment when he talked about 
um, some of the what I would term entitlements and, and the fact that Republicans were trying to do away yes. with them um, when Republican House members had preemptively said what was on and what was off of the table and taken those off the table of any budget negotiations, even though you know he's added five trillion dollars to the deficit, they're not even trying to go after that. And, and, and for him to falsely accuse them of that when that discussion had just happened with the speaker, that seemed disingenuous for sure. Well, it does. And then there was another part, too, that really got me. Um, you know, he, he brought on the, uh, the parents of the young man who was uh, killed by, you know, police action in Memphis. Um, mm-hmm. And he had them sitting there and, and they were recognized. And, and, I, and I, I got no problem with that because what happened in Memphis was wrong. But, um, but, then, but then he went down the road. And, and I, even, I even tweeted out, don't do it, don't go there, uh-huh. and he did. Uh-huh. He, he, he went straight into police are bad, and we've got to start getting some corrective action on the men and women who, who you know, wear blue. And, and, I, and he, he tried wow. to sort of yeah. recapture it at some point by saying, I mean, they're not all bad. But, but basically what he did was he dissed on them for a while, and then he tried to say, yeah, but not all of them. It will, uh-huh. By then, it was too late. At that point, the State of the Union address by the President of the United States has just targeted the men and women who protect our streets. I, just, I thought it was classless, it. classless. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those, like, I'm not going to bring up the fact that blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, that, that, that's just kind of a hollow tactic, and it's elementary, and you can see through it. Um, you're trying to back up from it afterwards after you've landed the blow really is. You know, not helpful at all. Yeah. Um, I thought that the other thing that really is what most of Americans are, you know, care about on a daily basis are gas prices and yeah. inflation. Yeah. And he flat lied he just, about both of those. Yeah, just 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 blew that one completely. Like they don't exist. Um, right. And you know that you know that it's a lie when um, MSN fact fact checkers <laughs> call it out. Um, <laughs> so there, there, are, there are several fact checks that MSN has online, but the number one thing says Biden says he has lowered infl- inflation, and then fact check says has come down in recent months, but it's higher than when he came into office by most commonly cited metrics. So <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> well, um, I think he also got several Pinocchios from the Washington Post or whoever it is that does that, but um um, the, the, the last one here, about a minute and a half to go, that really struck me was the, the balloon, the China balloon. And, and there was right. no mention. I mean, he could, have, he could have tried to grab that narrative if he wanted to. He could have said, China had the audacity to float a balloon carrying surveillance equipment across our nation. You may not agree with right. when I took it down, but I took it down. He didn't do it. All he, he just kind of, you know, no, China, bad. And I've, I've stood up to them as <laughs> evidenced by last week's actions. That's all he said. And then he went right on by. Never mentioned the balloon, right. and I just, I just thought, man, you could have sent a message tonight to China. You could have you could have tried to grab the narrative from you know a, a debacle of a week in the press, mm-hmm. and he just didn't. It's like just feckless. Yeah, well, and that's one of those that that's so blatant. You kind of you know put my tinfoil hat on a little bit. You kind of wonder, okay, um, <laughs> how can that be so blatantly weak after a week of fighting that weakness? It's like, at what point do we just accept the fact that was intentional, yeah. right? So at what point do we just say, okay, you're actually not going to ever push back against China to any degree. 
So why don't you just not even mention it at all? Some, some, you know, some staffer or speechwriter is like, well, after last week, we have to say something. But we don't want to say anything substantive, so what do we say? And that's the sentence that they can't report. Well, I guess uh, I'm going to run an extra minute long here just to get your perspective on Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She had the uh, the rebuttal, and um, your thoughts? I thought she was excellent. I thought her tone was dead on. She was authoritative but not shrill. She knew her issues. She, um, you know, she framed the issue very well. Um, you know, sometimes the Republican rebuttal can be – really, really long and annoying. Sometimes it can be over, you know, overhanded, meaning, you know, they over, you know, overplay their hand and call names and, you know, get in attack dog mode. I think her tone and the way that she hit it down the middle, which was authoritative, and this is what we believe was excellent. And, you know, I felt a little bit like shining hit, you know, shining city on the hill. Uh. Um, in a couple of those moments, especially when she talked about traveling with the president to see the troops on Christmas. That, that was, was a really powerful that moment. That was a powerful moment. You're right. Well, Stephanie Smith. So it, it felt like, you know, morning, morning in America instead of, instead of dusk, which <laughs> was very refreshing. Yeah, I'm tired of daylight savings times in America. Let's just go ahead and get our sunshine <laughs> back. Um, Absolutely. S- Stephanie Smith, president of Alabama Policy Institute. As always, appreciate your perspective. Thanks for being on. Absolutely. Thanks, Bill. All right. We'll see you. All right, Boomer, take us to a break. I ran a little long, but we'll come right back and put a put a lid on this one. Uh, if you want to call or text in, we'll take it for the next couple of minutes, and then I'll switch gears for a while and talk about why that darn balloon matters. That's the title of the number two in the Triple Dipper, why that darn balloon matters. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.